is episode 110 of Hebrews in Exile with our honorable teacher Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And while, although, we start out in this podcast talking about defeats of matzah, which is come and gone, the main topic of this podcast is about relationships and how the allegory of a marriage to a husband and wife is the same as a relationship that the Most High has with his people, Hebrew Israel. So I'm not going to take away too much from what's in this podcast and get right into it. So Hebrews in exile, you know what we do. Let's go. This is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and John Appleton. And this is Hebrews in in exile. Woo, you got left me. We, as we sit here this evening, we are on the brink of ending the week of the Feast of Matzah, which will conclude on this Friday at sundown. That's right. We got two more days, two of, more this, days. of this festival time. Absolutely. So for all of those of you who have been celebrating the Feast of Matzah, uh, we haven't been eating anything with leaven in it these right. since the, the Shabbat. Shabbat. Shabbat, the Shabbat, yep. right. And the seven days will end on this Friday evening mm-hmm. at sundown. The Feast of Matzah will be over, and you can go back to eating bread and cake and and things with leaven in it again. Yeah. You know what I've been feeding for? Huh? Out here on the West Coast, I know people on the East Coast may not be appreciative, but if, you know, if you're on the East Coast, you know what a Swinson burger is. I've been feeding for an In-N-Out burger. Ah, a what? In-N-Out burger. In-N-Out burger? You don't want to go to In-N-Out? Oh wow! You look at me like ooh. Yeah, I used to go to In and Out. Eat that. <laughs> I used to go to In and Out. I go to Red Robin now. Oh, do you? Oh, so you into the gourmet stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want a bur- I want a I want a burger. <laughs> you want a burger, burger? Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> then I have another place I go that's called the Zinfandel Grill. Oh my goodness, they have a good burger. And then there's another place I go the at um, downtown, and they have the best. They have the best. Um, Mandrakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna come they, up foreshadowing. <laughs> they actually have they actually have the best hamburger in Sacramento. Is that Willie's? No, um, Iron, um, Iron Horse. Or we went for Prime Rib that Saturday. Uh, oh, Firehouse. Show. Firehouse. Firehouse. Yeah, the fire, there fire. it is. They have the best. If you go there for their happy hour, uh, they have the best hamburger ever want to put your mouth into well I'm, I'm gonna have to try that out because since we're gonna be back on bread i'm being able to get they back have, into that they have for the happy hour and asking for the hamburger that it's it's uh what did i just say firehouse i know what we went what we have we had um <laughs> <laughs> tonight's lesson is going to be on culinary <laughs> <laughs> and I and I smoke one every year at New Year's, and I can't even think brisket. of what it. No, it's not the brisket. Steak. No, it's not the flaming knot. Oh, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think. Let's let's get on with the let's yeah. get on with the nice podcast. Listen, listen, you all. There is something that is very critical and germane to our lifestyle and it's called marriage. Yeah. 
people are prone to marriage. And in a marriage, one of the things that's critical is a relationship. Sure. And we find these, we find these, we, we build these relationships over time. We court mm -hmm. and we fall in love. Yeah. And we think that everything is rosy. We go before the whomever and we say, I do. Mm -hmm. And in the words of one of the comedians, things are about to change. A show. After you say, I do, things start to change. <laughs> Over time, they really start to change. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And we get we get very familiar with each other, with our with our mates, mm -hmm. and we lose a sense. We have a relationship, but that relationship that we have with each other, husband and wife, is built up off of the commonality that's basically associated with civilization. Sure. And we never think being Hebraic, mm -hmm. what that relationship should look like. Absolutely. No, I agree 110 percent. I mean, you, you, you're, you're reared in a culture that has specific parameters upon which marriages are to function. You, you're, you're governed by whatever marriage laws there are in this particular country, wherever you may live. And there's a particular uh, uh, style that comes with that, that if it's you're not rooted and grounded in, in a Hebraic thought, you'll get, you know, encapsulated in, in the things that are germane to that particular culture. Right, and so there's a difference between the relationship of a man and a woman Hebraically sure. and a man and a woman who are building a relationship off of the norms mm of our society sure and that's ever-changing by yeah. the way that's yeah, right i mean it that's an ever-evolving thing I, I i can you know appreciate as my parents were uh were married they're still married but um seeing their marriage evolve over time um what it was like back in the 70s and 80s versus the way it is right now not to say that anything's wrong with their marriage relationship but they have a beautiful marriage relationship but just to see the differences between what those core values were at that particular time versus to a person that's getting married now, what that actually means. They're two diametrically opposed thoughts. Yeah, and the question becomes one. You know, I taught a, um, I taught a marriage seminar. Mary and I taught a marriage seminar uh, for some people many years ago. We had a marriage seminar conference up in, up in Tahoe, and uh, you know, I taught a marriage seminar there, mm. and you know. But I wasn't Hebraic then. Right. We function in trying to have a harmonious relationship mm -hmm. with each other after we get married. But let me let me say this. There there is scripture text says, Whom Yahweh has joined together, let no man put asunder. So the joining and the coming together of a marriage is at the, I want to say, at the order or at the, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's something that the Most High does. Yeah, it's at the behest of the Most High. Yeah. You're mated, 
you know, text says, man, uh, what is it? I'm not, I can't get my thoughts together tonight. <laughs> Think about that Firehouse burger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because we've been on the feast of matcha, I'm thinking about food. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, he I, who findeth right. a wife findeth, findeth a, a good, good thing. thing. Yeah. So now the, 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 the pressure or the impetus is upon the man to find his mate. Yes. But after the man finds his mate, there has to be a, a joining together or there has to be the presence of the Most High in making that union that he joins together fit and work. Yes. If I, I, you know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. No, I mean... Uh, the thought that I had as you were explaining it, it was I'm I'm kind of stuck in this little area right now when when you just mentioned um, he who has joined these two individuals together the Most High has done it yeah and 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 it's the Most High's behavior not only with a marriage relationship but also with Hebrew Israel which is a marriage relationship as well when we look at text. The Most High has mitzvot that says even with as we're going through the process of looking at King Shaul, there's a mitzvot that says. I am going to pick your king for you. Yes. You do not have the ability to pick your king. Anybody that comes along that um, lineage that I put in as a Kohen Gadol, that's somebody that I'm selecting from this particular group of individuals. So the most high when it comes to leadership within a relationship, not only a marriage relationship, but in just a communal relationship, he's consistent with his behavior saying, listen, I am going to put this person in place. And that's one thing that, you know, as, as young women are looking for our mates and, and courting, you have to understand that, hey, is this something that's germane? Is this person's actions and behavior at the behest of the Most High where I can clearly see Torah with inside them and I can put my, I can submit to that? Yeah. Now, understand something here, okay? The Most High, out of all, if we were gonna, if we're gonna make nations, we, we take nations and put nations in the place of a of a human individual as right. one as one body. Mm -hmm. Nations are always the woman, or always in the in the feminine context in relationship to the Most High. Yeah. So out of all of the nations, the Most High chose Israel mm -hmm. to be his wife. True. True, very true. And uh, interestingly enough, if we as we talk about her, each <laughs> and I don't <laughs> I yeah. don't I don't advise <laughs> any man looking for a wife to look at look for a wife that has <laughs> these kind of traits. Yeah. The Most High chose a hard-headed, <laughs> stiff-necked, <laughs> rebellious woman, Israel, to be his wife. Okay? <laughs> There's a reason why we're the well, married folk in here are laughing. <laughs> that's, not, that's, not, that's not the model that you want to look for. And, and I say that because the Most High did that with a purpose in mind. Right, yeah. There's an, end, there's an end goal to that. Yeah, there's yeah, a reason for there's that. A reason, there's a reason for that. And the reason for that 
is written in text. Mm. It's in Ezekiel, for one. It's also in Yeshayahu that he has in mind to prove to the S to the rest of the women mm-hmm. of the nations that he, we, would, we would call women mm-hmm. that I can take an obstinate, hard-headed, stiff-necked Israel woman, uh, mm-hmm. nation of Israel, and I can make them good again. And then, yeah. and then he says, and then all you others will know that I am Yahweh who did it. Yeah, that's 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 the reason why he's done that. But I but I but I I, I place it in that context. Because if you're courting, if you're looking for a wife, you can't use the most high's model. Yeah, it, of, 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 yeah, I'm looking for this one. Does she, she gets from, she's mighty get true. I want that right there. No, that's not what you, what you, what you want to look for. Now, not at all. Now. But in the same vein, in the same vein, where you're at, look at what the most high has done. She's become what you just alluded to. She has become the catalyst and the paragon of resplendence when it comes to look at how I take care of her. Look at what she has. Look at how righteous she is. She's the model for everything else. I pour into her all the things that are germane that shows the rest of the women that are around her that this is a woman's woman right here. She, she exudes everything that is opulent, everything that is germane to just being upper echelon. And the Most High has elevated her to that point. It's her decision if she wants to walk and observe those types of benefits or not. This is true. This so is true. if I was to say, hey, you know, somebody say, well, is you know, yes, the ascension. Well, now we're getting into roles of what the man is supposed to be doing. I don't know if that's where you want to be going, but I'm just saying that to say that the Most High takes care of his wife. Yes. She is not destitute. No. She has everything that every other nation can look at and yes. say, I want to be that. Yes. That is the model upon which yes. we should all live by. Yes. Yes. Now, so, the Hebrew woman and the Hebrew man, in building this relationship, we can look to the norms of society mm-hmm. as a model, yes. But if we want to really look at how a Hebrew woman and a Hebrew man work together cohesively and while they protect themselves in a relationship, mm-hmm. I, have, I have two models. I have two models. Let's go with the first model first, and that's, that's uh, Sarah. Yes, very good model, yeah. If we read texts about Sarah, Sarah was beautiful. She kept herself in a way that was receptive to her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't find anywhere in texts where she had a real big argument with him, except for when it came to the issue of the fact that she was barren. Mm -hmm. And in Hebrew Israel, uh, it was a disgrace for a woman after a certain period of time to be barren and not have a child. And she was disgraced by that. Mm -hmm. And the discussion that she had with her husband was over her desire to give her husband her handmaiden Hagar. Yeah. So that's, 
that's that's kind of the only the only riffle riff that they that they've had that I that I can find in, in text. No, I agree about the two of them. I agree. She was a person that Avraham could depend on, and she did primarily the same things that he did. Sure. He had an entourage of people that followed him in, be, in relationship to his Torah compliance. Mm -hmm. All those people that followed him they were part of his entourage as he went, as he went from place to place, they joined with him sure. and they worshiped his Elohim mm -hmm. and he taught them as did Sarah. Mm -hmm. She taught, she taught the women mm -hmm. and she taught people the Torah along with her husband. Mm. Now, I'm going to go to text in, in uh, Bereshit chapter 21, and I want to look at verse number 11. Well, let's, let's take verse 8, because the sub, it starts with verse 8. Um, and it talks about, uh, well, we, might, we might want to move up. No, we we'll move up to verse 5. Okay. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Yitzchak was born to him. Sarah said, Yahweh has given me good reason to laugh. Now everyone who hears about it will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham and Sarah that Sarah would nurse, would nurse children? Nevertheless, I have borne him a son in his old age. Mm. Mm. Now, remember, as we read this text, uh, Yitzchak is born after Ishmael. Mm. Okay, Ishmael is the child of the of the handmaiden. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham gave a great banquet on the day that Yitzchak was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom Hagar had borne to Abraham, making fun of Yitzchak. So Sarah said to Abraham, "Throw this slave girl out, and her son, and I will." not have this slave girl's son as your heir along with Yitzchak. So this this right here is the only place where there is a discussion with Abraham about his two sons. Yes. Whereby he's going to have to make a decision to do something with him. I bring this up because we're looking at a woman who understands the nature of the position that she has with the Most High and that her husband has with the Most High and this son Yitzchak that is born to her that the Most High promised would be his heir. Right, there's some power plays that yeah, are there's some, Yeah, yeah. So now we have this weaning going on. So now mm -hmm. with this discussion, the text says, Abraham became very distressed over matter. this matter of his son. Mm -hmm. Now, which son? Is he having distress over Yitzchak or is he having distress over Ishmael? Mm. He's having distress over Ishmael. Correct. Okay? Yep. But Yahweh said to Abraham, don't be distressed because of the boy and your slave girl. Now, this is the text that I want you to listen to. Listen mm. to everything Sarah says to you. Yeah. I'm going to draw the period there. Right. And that's been always read because it is your descendants through Yitzchak who will be counted. Now, 
the main thought that I want to I talk about is listen to everything that Sarah says to you. Yeah. That's relationship. Absolutely. 110%. See, if you and I are going to have a relationship with a Hebrew woman, men, we need to count them as being valued in the relationship. Right. That's right. That's right. Because the thing that they're going to do for you and I, mm-hmm. if they are walking in Torah and if they are connected with the Most High in a way that you see, mm-hmm. okay, they're valuable to you. Because now we go into text, we go into Proverbs and says, where Proverbs talks about the, um, the, um, the virtuous woman. Well, Sarah is a virtuous woman because a virtuous woman is going to build her house. How is she going to build her house? She's going to build her house off of the principles that are germane to Torah, which right. provides wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, can I do a same, another shameless plug? I did one on Shabbat. I'm going to oh, do, sure. do another one. Yeah, we're... I'm going to do another shameless plug. This is exemplary. This is something that's very cathartic that I, like I had mentioned this past Shabbat, that I just found uh, not recently about, but it came to my attention as we were uh, uh, getting ready to celebrate Pesach. And this particular week, um, we, me and my wife just celebrated our 19th um, uh, wedding anniversary. And it's funny because you were there when you married us. Um <laughs> 19, years, 19 ago. years ago. And you know what? You know what's funny is that all the people that were involved, and I don't know if this is a selfish statement, but all the people that were involved in our marriage are still here at FTF. You know what's that? You, the late Sister Mary, Gail, all these individuals, Kevin, all those individuals that were germane in that marriage relationship are still here at FTF. But I digress. One of the things that I I, I realized um, that particular day reflecting on that past week of 19 years of marriage was the fact that maybe as I've grown in text and the most high, how does that play into the relationship that I have with my wife? And... How do I look at her and how do I respect our relationship from a Hebraic standpoint? And I'm glad that you brought this particular text up because it speaks to the issue of, hey, Avraham, you need to listen to what she's saying to you. Yes. And that's one of the things that hit me dead in the chest. Now, my wife, after I got done saying this on Shabbat, she pulled me aside. She said, I don't know if you need to say what you said the way you said it. It doesn't sound all that good when it came out. But... What I had said was, you know, there's been many years where, like you said in the beginning, you get married, you go through this honeymoon phase, and then things start changing. And everything, not everything, but a lot of things become an area of contention as you grow together. And I just realized that as she's growing in text, maybe the most high, and again, if she's my soulmate, and the Most High has put us together, which he has, then he's using her as the conduit upon which he's speaking to me. 
just yes. as Sarah is doing to Avraham here. Yes. Saying, okay, every time she's talking to me, I don't need to look at it in like I'm getting ready to be defensive to have a response in rebuttal to what she's saying. What I need to do is listen to what she's saying and look at it as if, okay, is this a message coming from the Most High on something that I need to change personally? To not look at it so defensively all the time when she points something out and says, you're doing this or you're doing that. Okay, am I really doing that? And is it a detriment to what's going on? And whatever she's saying at at this particular point, is it going to make me a better person? And likewise from me to her. If I'm bringing up something that's constructive, that may be a way for the Most High to say, through me, I'm using him as a conduit to her to make her better. Because... At the end of the day, like I had mentioned uh, on this past Shabbat, she's my helpmate. That's her design. She's not coming in to run the relationship. She's there to help and aid in the relationship as we grow together. I have a responsibility as the, as the leader and the head of the home, as protection, as the spiritual leader, as all these different things I'm, I'm to provide. But at the same time, the most high knows me enough and what better person to use to talk to me than my wife because she's there all the time with me to say hey you need to take a look at this and this is what wives do very well is they'll look at the peripheral of things going on i'm pretty sure avraham i'm pretty sure uh, moshe was in the same situation with zippor where he's got so many things going on that he's not paying attention too much to the peripheral that's going on to say hey listen you need to take a look at some of these things and make sure you got these things squared away. Stop looking at it as I'm attacking you, but look at it as I'm here to help you achieve something better. And once I started doing that, I started saying, oh, well, this is really cathartic. It's not to really be defensive all the time, but I need to get my hand off my face before I get off the camera. To not be defensive all the time, but just to look at what she's saying, process it, First, to say, okay, I know when my wife's talking, when she's in her own self, and I, I know when this is something that's coming from the Most High. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the thing is this. As the priest of your house, every, every, every Hebrew, every, he, every true Hebrew mm-hmm. that, is, that is in a relationship or is married to a woman uh, is supposed to be the priest of his house. Sure. And being the priest of his house, it's his responsibility to walk in and understand the mitzvot op- application that he's supposed to have with his wife and with his children sure. and with his family. Sure. Okay. Now, I had 50 years mm. with my departed wife. Great example. And it wasn't until we became Hebraic, so to speak, that I understood her relationship with me. And I'm and I'm going to tell you, you cannot understand your relationship with your wife in in its totality from a Hebraic perspective until you have absorbed yourself in this Hebraic way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Yep. And then you start understanding how the Most High deals with his wife and how the various uh, uh, women in text that the Most High uses uh, to interact with their husbands. So we look at Abraham. Abraham's in distress. He needs a word. That's right. That's right. He needs a word to help him to, to, to understand. Mm -hmm. My wife used to sit at the table or she would be in the process of whatever she was doing and she would call to me. Mm -hmm. And the way she would call to me, I knew that what she was getting ready to say to me wasn't her badgering me. It was her saying to me, I need to talk to you. Right. And when she would say, I need to talk to you, I knew mm -hmm. that what was getting ready to come out of her mouth was something that was directed from the Most High that I needed to know that I didn't see. Yeah. Yeah. And I needed to listen to her. And that's the, that's the spot. That's the spot we want to be in right there. Now, please understand, we get back to this idea of whom Yah has joined together. Uh, we, had, we had some tumultuous years mm -hmm. being Christian and trying to be a husband and wife and trying to model our lives off of the norms of what we saw. It wasn't until we became Hebraic that we began to model our lives off of a relationship that both of us had with the Most High that she could speak to me, and I knew that what she was saying to me was coming from the Most High, yeah. and I could speak to her, and she knew what I was saying to her was coming from the Most High. Yeah. yeah it'll, it'll resonate like, oh, okay. That's, I received now, that. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean that in your marriage relationship you're not going to have problems. Problems are going to are going to occur. That's mm -hmm. one of the one of the things that that are going to going to occur. You can lessen the problems if you walk according to Torah mm -hmm. and you understand Torah principles. Yes. Now, let's go to our other character. Go to our other character. Because you just you just raised the issue about how we men can become so absorbed into what we're doing till we forget we forget things that are important around us. The wife is the one that has a relation with us that help us to keep our keep things straight with the family and with the most high. Yeah. Mashe was out there dealing with Israel. He had some boys that had not, some sons that had not been circumcised. Correct. And Sephora pulled his chain and told him, yeah. said, look, uh, uh, I've got a word for you from the Most High. And I'm paraphrasing the text. Mm -hmm. You about to get, the Most High is about to smoke you. Yeah. I mean, he got ready to take you out. Right. I know you're the leader of Israel, and he's dependent upon you, but he's getting ready to take you out. Why? Mm. Because you have these sons over here, and your sons have not been circumcised according to Torah. You've neglected that. Mm. So either you take care of it, 
or the Most High says, you're not going to be here. See, now, prime example. One could look at that like, oh, she's badgering, he's ba she's badgering about this particular issue. Okay, I need to get this. Okay, you nah, nah, nah. No. There is something particular that you need to take care of. And if you continue to have this facade of, of being adversarial or defensive every time she, she brings something to you, then you're never going to be able to hear from the most high. And especially, let me just throw this in here, especially if she's in those mitzvahs and she's, and if she's decided to be a Nazir, then you better really look out at that particular point. And y'all know what I mean by if she's a Nazir. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't? No. Okay. There is a particular set of mitzvot that talks about making an oath to be a Nazir. And there's some particular criteria that come with it about not having intoxicating drink and not having uh, uh, anything that comes from the vine, raisins, skins from grapes, even Whose grapes. Whose wife was like that? Oh, my goodness. Whose wife was like that? Yeah, whose was, wife was like that? That was a Nazir? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Whose wife was a Nazir? Wasn't it Samuel? Samuel? We, oh, whose wife was it? Wasn't it Samuel? Uh, she gave, she, she gave, she. It was Samuel. It was Samuel. Samuel's mom. Yes. Yeah. Was she Samuel. was a Nazir. Yes. Yeah. And therefore, you know, all, all, everything good comes out of it. But the point is, is that she has a, a deeper connection with the Most High because she's taken this particular oath. And the reason why I say women being Nazir is because we have this problem. I have this problem. Because a part of your being a Nazir is you have to grow your hair. And it has to be for however long it is, for however period of time, not length, but however period of time that you have this vow, that you're going to honor it. And so women have a better chance of actually honoring it because what do we like to do? We like to, we like to shave and we like to cut our hair as, as men and groom ourselves. So it really takes a lot for man to be a Nazir versus just from a grooming standpoint and honor the mitzvot versus a woman because a woman doesn't grow hair on her face. But my point is, is that there's a deeper connection when you have, when you take upon that oath. And all I'm simply saying is piggybacking on what you said earlier. You learn that. I just learned that like in the last two weeks. <laughs> and it had to every, and it was, again, it was very cathartic and it was at Pesach and it says, I need to listen to her yeah. instead of being defensive yeah. about what she's saying. Listen to what she's saying. Does it resonate with inside me about what's going on, Jermaine, in that text? And ultimately, is it going to help me be better as a person and interact? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that you're going to do in a marriage and relationship, you're going to have times when things are not going to be going quite well. Everything, every, every day's not ha, 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 hoo, hoo, he, he, ho, ho, ho. Right. I mean, but they can be in that germane if we follow the norms that the Most High has established for Hebrew Israel. That's correct. Right? That's correct. What are some of the things that mess up a relationship? Well, finances. Sure. Lack of lack of income. Mm -hmm. 
are are two of the are two of the main things that mess up a relationship. I'm gonna add another one. Okay. Lack of communication. Lack of communication. And one of the things that we find here in text with Abraham and Sarah, Abraham and Sarah are in communication with each other. Yes, they are. And they're following they're following a path and a pattern that the Most High has laid down for them in order to facilitate the bringing forth of this opulent nation. Sure, sure, sure. Sarah and Abraham are prime examples of what the nation of Hebrew Israel is supposed to look like to the Most High. Absolutely, absolutely, in, in every which way. I, you know what? You're in a roll. I don't want to break your. I don't want to break your thought pattern. I'm gonna tell you what. There was a, there's an old saying that an old pastor told me a long time ago. Um, this prior to me meeting you. I'm not saying. That may come, that may have came out wrong, but <laughs> <laughs> you trying to say I'm not trying to, trying say, to say, I'm say, old? That. I'm not trying to say that you old. No, that's why I said that came out wrong. I got to work on that. He said, Jermaine, to what you were saying about relationships being tumultuous. Well, I am an octogenarian. You are an octogenarian. Listen, listen, you could be a, 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 a quintiquagenarian <laughs> 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 sitting over there. He had said to me, he says. Sean, I'm gonna tell you something. If life was sunny, if life was sunny every day, then life would be a desert. You need to have rain sometimes in order for things to grow. Because if every day was a sunny day and everything was happy all the time, then life would be a desert. You'd just be sun all the time. But you need these types of things in order for things to grow, in order for you to grow. So you embrace them, you grow from them, but at the same time, there should be some type of lesson that's in there where you can, where you can, you know, you can glean something from it. Yeah, and you know, um, being absent of Torah, we're so susceptible to mess up because we think in line of the norms of the society that we that we have been yeah. exiled to. But once you become Hebraic and your mind thought process functions within the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding that the Most High has given us in terms of how we're supposed to function with our mates, how we're supposed to function with society, how we're supposed to handle our finances, how we're supposed to handle the various things that that that, oh, yeah. that come in our in our life every day. Uh, when you're Hebraic, you think you think along those lines. So I mean, as we talk about relationship, I, I just wanted to I wanted to, to to share the idea that as men, uh, our wives are very important to us, and to have a harmonious relationship. You have to put the most high first in the relationship. Absolutely. That, that, yeah, it has to start there first. And, and, and with that, you have to have some sense of fear uh, and uh, not only in awe of him, but actually also in fear of his actions. Because here's one of the things that the most high will do. When the most high's wife acts 
stupid, the Most High will come out against her. He will. You know, and I'm not saying that that we should do things to, to harm or hurt our wives, but the Most High will come out against her to bring the necessary correction that needs to be done. But here's, but here's the interesting thing about it. The correction that the Most High comes out against his wife to bring, he brings it with love. Yes. He doesn't bring it with, with uh, while it may seem like, as you read text, he's trying to destroy her. He's not. He's doing it because he loves her. Right. It's not something sporadic either. It's like, listen, you've had individuals that I've put in place so you could hear what the parameters are. It's not as though you're not aware. It's not like the Most High is a tyrant just waiting for something to go right, wrong and right, then jump. No, right, you've right. been given fair warning on how to act. And that goes for both, at least in the marriage relationship, that goes for both parties. If, if both parties are aware of the mitzvot and are walking therein, again, you know, things will be harmonious. But, yeah, the Most High is not, he gives fair warning. And, he, and, and when he acts... He acts. But, I mean, there again, you, I, we don't want to give license to anybody so we'll see the most high rain down on them, raining down no, on no, you. Like, no, 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 no. That does not. As a matter of fact, if you are in text and you read text, you'll find, and correct me if I'm wrong, you will find that there are more mitzvot that protect the woman than there is protecting the man at the end of the day. Right. There, there are mitzvot that are germane specifically how a man is supposed to treat his wife. Exactly. And what that's all about. So I know that there's probably questions like, well, you know, probably stemming from this, you probably people in the chat are like, well, let's be specific. And that's a whole nother different lesson in teaching because what you're asking us to do is strip everything that we know about this society, which we can do. Yes, we can. And, Make some type of correlation to how a Hebraic relation is supposed to function because we're in exile. And right. all we know is what the nations tell us to act and function. You can turn on the 6 o'clock news. You can look at love and hip-hop. You can look at all these relations. This is how we're supposed to interact? No, that's, that, that's, that's the way they interact. Hebrew Israel has a different way of functioning. And yes, again, yeah. You, yeah. it'll be more pliable in your in your in your spirit if you're in the mitzvot already and they'll just pop right off of the page to you. Right. So it'll be easy for us to, to kind of do something but, like you know, that. In I, the I just wanted to bring this subject up tonight because um uh we talk about a lot of things, but relationships are something that mm. is very germane to our society yeah. that we're living in. And I'm just saying to to the men who have wives, uh, text provides for us an understanding that we need to listen to our mates, uh, sure. particularly when we're in distress, because they have, they may have the direct words to help us to to understand and to be able to overcome whatever we're dealing with, such as such was Abraham's problem. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a I've got a son. You want me to send him him and and Hagar away, I'm like, but I love Ishmael. Yeah. You know, and uh, you've given me Hagar, and she's been a wife to me too. 
And, you know, now you want me to send you, I'm distressed over this. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I need, I need a word from the most high. Yeah. And when I'm not getting it, I'm hoping and praying that I have a mate that has a relationship with the yeah. most high that can give me some, uh, some, some sense of, uh, of, uh, of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, consoling or some avenue to understand Centering yeah, you, you you just can't treat her like she's just what? Well, she's just my wife. No, she's not your wife. She's she is bone of your bone and flesh of your flesh. Yeah, she is part of your mental process. That's right. And if you don't treat her as part of your mental process, you're missing out on a very good relationship that you could have with a very good woman. Mm. In your life and then when you don't do that it puts a strain on the relationship and chances are because of your of our men's hard-headedness we lose out on a good mate there are a lot of men who are divorced from their wives who wish they would have never that would have never happened right that's right and 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 you know as I as I come to close with this particular podcast tonight when the Most High gives you a good mate and you blow it, I can tell you for, for a certainty. The chances are very nil mm. that he will trust you with another. Mm. Very nil. I'm, listen, I, I, I know that it probably has happened and there's mitz folks about a di disillusion of a relationship, but from what we read in the Masoretic text, we don't see that popping off the page. You don't nowhere when you, you don't. see when these individuals are in tune with the Most High. Those relationships are long-lasting relationships. You don't ever hear of who we just mentioned, the goat Moshe, or his and his wife Zipporah, or or matter of fact, get this, Yaakov and his four wives. Yeah, ever having yeah an issue where, oh, she's getting more attention than I am or any of this other stuff that's going on and that puts him in a position where he's going to lose one of them. There's, right. There's things that are there. It's, all, all, it's always resolved. It's always, our patriarchs always and matriarchs are yes. always sticking together because they have the one quintessential thing that you mentioned earlier, the most high. Yeah, exactly. So I just wanted to kind of talk about that a little bit. I know we're probably not bringing you uh, the kind of... Um, detailed examples that you want to have, but these two examples between Sarah and Zipporah are two classic examples where they protected their husbands in a state of distress. And uh, from our own personal experiences, you know, I, my, my, I, I miss her. I miss her because I don't have that voice of reason anymore to help me to deal with matters that she would help me with that most high would speak and, and give her that consult, you know, and speak to me. So men out there, if you have a wife that is a very strong woman and is providing you with good counsel and helping you to have the kind of relationship that you want to have, guard it and protect it and nurture it. Because 
if the Most High joined you together and you mess it up, chances are he's not going to do it again. And with that, I say this is Rabbi Robert B. Holman Jr. and Sean Appleton. And this has been Hebrews Hebrews in in Exile. exile. Shalom. Shalom.